What is noise music? You know, modular exploration. It's not, it's not all homogenous, you know, it's not blinky blinky robots kill all humans robots. Meditative release is blaring feedback. There's a little bit of everything, a little bit, a bit of noise. Being able to listen. So intimidating. Makes people feel good and uncomfortable at the same time. Would you say that's accurate? I was like, is that a typo? Experimental Electronic Music Festival in Memphis? Like, you don't yes. see much of that. Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us in art and music movements through history. Thanks for joining us. We're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. Chris. Uh, my name is Kane Blanchard. I do a, a music project called Tatras, uh, improv and electronics. This festival, I through an online forum. I think uh, Robert popped up in uh, Tennessee. I think the Tennessee connection. So when uh, Robert was starting up the festival, uh, he contacted me um, through messaging and just asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I said, yeah. My name is Kim Ruger. I go by the artist named Bellyful of Stars. And I'm an electronic ambient artist from the Nashville area. And most of the music that I do is a combination of synths with field recordings and also um, in live performances, I'm trying to work in a bit of um, something mechanical, something actually producing live sound into the mix as well. Back in December, we had like a, a modular meetup. We had all these folks from Memphis. We have modular synthesizer systems come out of my house and just kind of jam, make music together and meet each other. And yeah, I think I remember seeing Robert. We had like a group chat going and he just kind of put the word out to ask people if they wanted to get involved. So my name is Dominic Van Horn. I make music as Aster mainly. I've been doing that for, I think about seven or eight years now. I think that would be through my friend Dominic. Um, he added me to a group chat on Facebook that had him and um, and Robert and a few other folks that, and, you know, the list slowly grew. My name is Ben Bauermeister. I'm from Missouri originally. I grew up there, but I moved to Memphis 10 or maybe 11 years ago at this point. And I like to make electronic music 
and more recently electroacoustic experimental music and I also like to play records. Kind of, I don't know how much of an idea the festival was in anyone's mind at that point, but that was super fun and it was a great thing for Dominic to organize. But um, yeah, that's when I first met Robert. He had a bunch of folks over to his house. I guess it wasn't a bunch, it was probably more just like five. <laughs> but um, yeah, people who were interested in modular synths just, you know, came over and we all tried to learn a little bit from each other because there's so much stuff out there to, to know about. Put on put on uh, the Memphis Concrete or Memphis Concrete Festival that happened for a couple of years. It'd just be like, oh, you daydream or whatever. It'd be like, oh, electronic music festival in Memphis. Like that'd be cool, but yeah, far far off, far off pipe dream. Yeah, last year I was involved with the Memphis for Bernie group, and we put on the Bands for Bernie concert. And it went really well, and I was like, I could do this again, you know? So it was just so I went back to the idea I'd had. I'll actually do it and contact across town about it, and um, eventually things kind of went forward. Personally, like early electronic music, or currently, like my biggest influences, and what my mind was kind of going to for the whole thing. It varied, you know. Some probably never listened to music concrete, and yeah. some had, you know. So it worked. But I, I originally, the first name I ever thought of was just would be like Memphis Electronic Music Festival, and then some like EBM thing actually ended up happening that has that same name so in the past I don't know a few decades it sort of gets this association with you know like just techno or just dance music um, and I just kind of like the idea of taking it away and back to its original roots and like more experimental music you know how it started Like, I like things that are very tactile. I like knobs I can turn. And one thing I like, I like modular sense, you know, the, the patch cable. It's just a very immediate, you know, it looks cool, you know. It's, it's real nerdy and that, that appeals to me that way. And, and a lot of the modular stuff now, like, I mean, it is digital. We'll have like, you know, digital you know, both analog, digital modules, but, um, you know, I like old analog sense or new analog sense. I like that sound. 
What I, what I like generally is I like when analog things, you know, sound analog and it sounds good. And I like digital uh, sense or electronic when they, more when they try to do things digitally and sound digital, get sounds you couldn't get analog versus just like trying to, you know, copy. And I'm not like against like, like I hate, you know, analog modeling sense, but um, yeah. And especially even back before like modular sense, because there's a big, they're like cool again and pretty popular relatively right right now. There's been a big resurgence in Eurorack. But even going back before all that happened, you just see like old pictures of like big wall of, and it's just like you see a wall of synth, and it's just like I don't know, it's like that is cool. Yeah. And Despite the title of Concrete, I, I think the festival was way more vast than just Concrete Music, yeah, which, which, is, which is a good thing, it's just a start, it's good for that we have seen uh, Robert using the Concrete as a, as a unit to attract people and attention, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it was really clever from a marketing point, okay. point standpoint, uh, but the festival was way wider than just concrete music. Uh, I'm a music producer, musician, uh, original from Lisbon, Portugal, and I moved to Memphis about seven years ago. I'm an art conservator, that's my profession. I've worked for the Brooks Museum for five years there. With my own project called, musical project called uh, Sci-Fi Industries, and later on in 2000 we started a, a non-profit organization, record label, supported by the City Hall of Lisbon and other city towns. interesting coming from Nashville because Memphis feels very lived in. It feels very, there are elements of it that have um, an age to it. Taking a play on the word concrete, not only the things that are in the real world around you that you build into your music, but actually from the little, you know, the literal kind of adjustment of concrete that idea of having kind of, I don't know, concrete that's, that's been baked in the sun and, and been there for a while. Somehow I am associating that with Memphis after the visit there. Yeah, to me, I mean, referencing concrete, uh, it's a nice play in words, mm -hmm. but referencing concrete, talking about tape collage, uh, sound collage, editing and manipulating sound. I think everyone that played at the festival was doing that in some form or fashion. So yeah, keeping that spirit of like experimentation, exploration alive. I really like the Tetris. I think that's the, the way you pronounce his project. Obscure electronica with some nice ethnic uh, rhythms involved and some texture and symbols. And
We're going to be doing a live score for Forbidden Planet tonight, and um, and then tomorrow I'll be doing a solo set with the uh, Tatras on that project. And it's going to be some uh, electronics and percussion. I gave the movie I watched the other day. I tried to brush up and remember. And I don't know. We'll we'll see how you know. And it's, it's not just me. So there are other people, and it's it's a total improv uh, thing. I have no idea what anyone else is is doing. You know, I mean that that score is so iconic. Oh well, it was. I mean, it was pretty pretty groundbreaking at the time. I think that was the first first time. Certainly in a venue like a like a major Hollywood movie, those sorts of sounds. You know, I think it was all you know all tapes. You know, tape manipulation and, and pretty primitive delays and maybe maybe some early ring modulation type type things going on. Get some spacey sounds going. Hopefully, it's, it's hard to rethink that thing. You know, just got like you see like flying saucers. You know, and just like you know, after 50 years, your brain kind of goes in one direction. One thing I really appreciate about Memphis is it's low-key enough to where it's not overwhelming the amount of experimental music that is being created. Because like places like LA or Austin, Texas, it's some can be, feel oversaturated at times because there's so much going on. Right. But this gives you like a clean palette to where you have enough space to express yourself without being drowned out by all the other things that are going on. So I really appreciate Memphis in that regard. Okay, I'm Connor. I go by Cheap Spirits. I would describe my sound as equally ambient and chaotic at the same time. I'm introducing more beats into my music, which I didn't have at all in the beginning. It's just more ambient noise, but now I'm starting to string it all together in a more beat-oriented way. out in Cordova which is 30 minutes away so I'm somewhat detached from the scene because I don't live in Midtown and I don't get to see everything that happens throughout the week but I go to all the shows I can on the weekends and it's always been in like like I played the lamplighter more times than any other place and I, I like playing the lamplighter but it feels like I want to showcase what we do more like have it more in an art gallery like this because yeah. it feels like that's more suited for it to have like the full experience with the visuals and everything that goes along with it mm -hmm. and um, I feel like it's amping up it's picking up momentum and it's going in a good direction but do you think this festival will help that oh yeah for sure along? yeah party is fine but people wouldn't be as focused probably so yeah crosstown arts is definitely like a good thing to have people are asking why don't you perform more since you've been here for seven years and i said for who and where i, I, I feel comfortable playing at the brooks museum a couple of times for specific events but i don't feel comfortable playing in a 
bar where people just go to hang out. And what's, what's the point? Like, I could just be playing music and bring some CDs. I can do that, but playing my own stuff, I want to get engaged with the audience. I want them to understand this is something not unique, but it's I'm expressing myself. Mm. And I want them to understand that you want to be part of something and the space, it's important for me and it should be important for you as well. to be able to sit and just give them our attention. I really enjoy that. We're all sitting and viewing these beautiful projections that they've worked so hard on. Thank Who you, did Dominic. them? Dominic uh, did his. Dominic did his. And he will Dominic have done his tomorrow. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, I saw like 10 second clip of it he sent me and it looks amazing. Dominic's a, he, he's really uh, good. He's some kind of like prodigy in every like <laughs> musical, uh, video, photography. He's just like such a talented man. He goes by his, Aster. I've been seeing his progression throughout the years. It used to be just like, you know, at a house party or mm -hmm. something. And he's definitely, his sound has grown. And, yeah. you know, he's like he's progressed into this like great element of like where he's going yeah. with everything. It's not all just ear piercing, harsh noise walls. My name is Dominic Van Hoorn. I make music as Aster. I do minimal, improvised, um, ambient music. And uh, the past two or so years, I've been working with Dave Schaus with Manual Control, working on light and motion activated sounds, um, trying to create a kind of system that we can use to collaborate with other people, other artists and musicians. Um, I also do uh, this kind of goth dance music with uh, Lynx and Taylor, we're called Duma. You know, the, there is a lot of variety within, you know, experimental or noise. I mean, even trying to tell people sometimes what kind of music I make is weird because I, I don't feel like there is a, a kind of common language to talk about it most of the time. Minimal loops, um, drawing on a lot of that. So what what I'm doing now, yeah, I feel like has definitely grown out of that idea before I was talking about kind of just like tape loops, um, very like minimal, small little bits of sound that, you know, then you repeat and collage. And so with the modular, uh, I've been using a modular synthesizer now for about two years. You know, it started out uh, very just like minimal kind of sequences and as I've learned more, I've been more interested in uh, kind of generative music, 
where you know you have a very like simple set of like of conditions and then the music grows out of that and so you don't you don't know exactly how things are going to play out moment to moment but you have an idea of what kind of sounds are possible and what the kind of parameters are within that and that's more about you know creating these kind of sound environments um, or spaces for people to be in or exist in or do things in I, you know I think of that in the vein of like Eric Satie uh, like furniture music or uh, I found this album from the 70s called Sonic Perfume and I, I think about it a lot like that like it's something that just kind of pervades the room like creates an atmosphere you don't necessarily always have to be listening to it moment to moment you know but you can kind of pick up on things you definitely like I think feel it no matter what even if your attention isn't completely on it I talked to Ben Bauermeister again we had collaborated um, before, like, I think after I had first gotten my modular system, I think we felt like we were the only two people in Memphis that had one, so we, were, we should play music together. <laughs> I had an interest in synthesizers and electronic music starting not terribly long ago, maybe like eight years ago, and the interest in the basic kind of just like, how do I make this music, like, what do I need? Just, you know, it started with a micro Korg and a MPC, which is like a sampler. Mm -hmm. And um, it just slowly went from there. My name is Ben Bauermeister. first moved here I would always go see my friends DJ around town like a dish back when dish existed and uh, Ben Jenkins I think is probably a pretty important part of that whole experience for me because he had parties at his house every once in a while and it was always not always but most of the time a pretty small crowd but it was you know everyone was there just because they loved DJing and dance music. So I feel like my introduction to electronic music in Memphis started with techno DJs. My friend Shelby Edwards, mm -hmm. who makes electronic music under a few different names, Monk Volcano and Bird Darker um, are two of them. He was probably my biggest influence just because he taught me so, so much about how to use synthesizers, how to use Ableton or other audio software. And yeah, he's a really smart guy, but. So that was using my modular synth, but also these um, little things that I got even more recently. They are, I call them drum robots, but that's a little bit misleading. I guess not really, but they're not like, you know, bleepy bloopy robots, kill all humans robots, but they're like um, just these little, it's like a ball on a stick, and the ball has like this little wooden 
striking thing that shoots out of it really fast that will hit uh, whatever you put underneath it. But everything has to be like lined up pretty precisely. But you can send the robot's triggers from a modular synth or MIDI notes. It has this base station that accepts almost any kind of input that, <clears throat> that you would have from like um, from a synth or a sequencer or anything like that. So it was really easy to incorporate into the stuff that I already had. So I got a few percussion instruments, um, put contact mics on them, and then mounted the drum robots above those percussion instruments and was able to sequence those alongside the modular synth. I think that was it, just the modular synth and the drum robots. But I also had some effects from the modular synth running through a mixer that the percussion instruments were also going into so I was able to like incorporate the real instruments even more into the to the mix of the electronic things and they would share delay and reverb with the oscillators. I mean it was improvised but the setup and the specific instruments and the patch I you know kept everything patched so I did practice like what was going to happen but I don't think the same exact thing would ever happen twice. Well, what, what happened is um, my, uh, at least for as far as Mississippi goes, a guy I work with uh, who actually played as Bruiser, he was high school friends with uh, Cole, who is a Pamois, and um, so yeah, he was he was really good. Um, so it was you know awesome. You know he got to play. So you know I was telling my friend about it. He was like, oh, I know this. My old friends in Mississippi, and you know he could pro he could probably do it. He does noise, and oh, there's a noise scene in Cleveland, Mississippi, and I was like, okay. And you know it's it's a college town, so. Um, it was pretty cool. And anyway, um, so I talked to him. He's like, yeah, my old friend. And I started getting all these other emails like, oh, Cole told me about this festival. Some few people in Hattiesburg. Yeah, Ben Ricketts in Oxford. Like, that was really awesome. Because, I mean, everybody knows that there's something special about Mississippi and the South in general, musically. But it just seems to hold true just like time after time like some of the most amazing people I've ever met have been from Mississippi just like over and over again I'm Cole Oaks. Um, I make harsh noise under the name Poema, um, which is French for not me little Annie Rooney, or as we mean to say, love little Anna Rieni. When under her breath, mid portal, she nini goes, nanny goes, nancy. I do a lot of like improvised sets, and this is like the most um, planned I've ever like had like a set down to the specific sounds. I knew I wanted to start off with some of the, like the poetry that I use, activist type shit into my art. To the girl in my jazz class who says recognizing bebop jazz as black music is, quote, degrading, a reduction of the art. First of all, 
take a nap, eat a sandwich, or do any of the other things that go under the heading of not talking. Oh, I'm sorry, you couldn't be racist. You voted for Obama. Your freshman year roommate was black. You love Beyonce. If I beat you with my shoe, is that considered a black fight, or did I just punch you with my foot? First one I used was um, To the Girl in My Jazz Class by Aziza Barnes and Safia Yellow. And the second one I used was Dear White America by Denez Smith. Both prolific as fuck, like just brilliant poets. Blindness does not make you a martyr for racism. It does not make you Up till now, like I've been using like um, just like one effects modulator with my mixer, and this is like the first set where I've used like synths, and I've been able to get a lot more like diverse sounds out of those. Make it like a little bit more like accessible, so like people don't immediately leave the room. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of drone music, and so I've just like wanted something that like would help me incorporate that more into like my sound. I'm influenced by like a lot of my friends, to be honest. My roommate Curtis, who like makes music under Argaflex, like she's definitely like a big influence. First harsh noise set I saw was like her playing under a different project, and she set up the stuff in my room just like one day because we lived together, and was just like, "Here, fuck around with this," and I was just like, "All right." And then she just started booking me shows, and it kind of became like a bigger thing than I ever like thought it would. And in the other direction, you know, Belly Full of Stars is just right there in Nashville. Uh, her work was great. And, um, you know, like, she, she got, like, my friend Paul, he knows, he met her through, I don't know, Twitter or something. Oh, I had been uh, talking to Paul Masseri, who goes by the artist's name Icylon, who's a friend of Robert Traxler's for about... I'd say a year and a half on Twitter. We struck up a friendship. So when uh, Robert was starting up the festival, uh, he contacted me um, through messaging and just asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I said, yeah. Well, actually, my set, that was my first time performing at Belly Full of Stars. My, most of my experiences being in the studio and, you know, composing for my computer. Uh, not a whole lot of live performance experience based. So what I decided to do was to do uh, a completely improvised set. Interested in making sure that I generated all the sounds that I was working with live there in the room rather than say running tracks or uh, coming there with a, a set composition. I wanted to, it to be generative from, from what I did right there in the immediate. So I started putting together um, a minimal set of instruments probably about three or four months in advance. And uh, what I ended up doing is working with a Volca, Korg Volca FM as my main sound source, my main synth. I'm really drawn to that sound. For a number of years, I've been playing around with putting keyboards through 
what's traditionally more guitar processing. So now you've got this huge explosion of boutique pedals and effects that are happening. But um, years ago, there wasn't so much of that. You had to, you know, borrow from, I have, my husband's a guitarist, so I would borrow his pedals and start running my keyboards through his. So I kind of took that notion and, and said, okay, here's my sound source for this. And I had a few samples that I was running on a small um, portable Akai sample player um, of just some background rain sounds that I had recorded here at home that were looped over and over to kind of create a rhythmic pattern. And so those were my two sound sources. And then everything else that I did were through a set of pedals. And so I had um, an Earthquaker Devices Avalanche run that uh, delay onto it. And uh, you can actually set it to self-oscillate so it creates this kind of noise in the background that you can mix in and out when you want to build things. a Old Blood Noise Dark Star pedal, which adds octaves into what you're doing. It sets an octave below and an, an octave above, and so you can create this big kind of atmospheric, um, almost orchestral-like reverb sound with it. So I had that in the mix. I had uh, just a one-track looper that I would build to play a simple melody into through the avalanche run and the Dark Star, and then you know get something kind of going and generating there set the loop and then start playing the next kind of line and building it through those sounds. The, the rain sample was also running through a, a memory boy delay. So that was kind of adding a little bit of, of hopefully a little bit of panning kind of going side to side and, and, and making that more of a rhythmic element that was happening. And then uh, the mechanical part that I brought is I had this analog alarm clock you know, with this little owl that just goes tick, 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 tick. And I had a contact mic, a piezo mic, uh, attached to the back of it. And I had that coming through a microphone, through my mixer, and then going through um, a granular delay. It's a red panda particle uh, pedal, and that was on a reverse delay. And so that was actually adding in a random kind of glitchy percussive pattern, and all of that sound was coming live from this little ticking clock that was sitting in front of me for the entire set. From what I could do with the pedals and the Volca, I could bring in textures as I felt like I needed to. And so it was the whole set was really built around making sure I had those textures and create on the fly. And that was one of the things that I enjoyed about coming and performing live the most um, for Memphis Concrete is just that being able to kind of listen and be in the moment. Definitely with my experience just on the internet and forums and stuff, it's like mostly dudes talking about modular synths, and that should definitely, hopefully, um, change soon. Um, that's an atmosphere that I'm used to, <laughs> because there aren't a lot of women in music composition, there aren't a lot of women in, in uh, audio engineering, um, so pretty much my interests for decades has veered towards areas there where there are not a lot of women. But I do think that it's very um, 
important for women, especially in these kind of genres doing electronic music, to be visible and to show people that they exist and to uh, hopefully inspire other people. That's, that's one of the things that I've found. I mean, you're kind of dealing with people who are in a DIY experimental open space in the music that they create. And so therefore their attitude towards other people is also very open. And I think that that's a, a pretty wonderful thing. And that's been my experience so far. You know, I feel like it is starting to get a little bit better. There's definitely more interest and um, I feel like there's more of a community. Definitely is gonna bring a wider audience and as far as just people hearing the music who might not have, you know, know to look on Bandcamp or, you know, SoundCloud or online or maybe at a small house party, only a few their friends know about anyway. Um, hopefully more people are aware of the people making music in Memphis. If you like do music at home, Kind of, it kind of changes your approach a little if you start playing it out live as well. Uh, you got to approach things a little differently. You might think about some things differently and get some ideas you didn't have. It can ha kind of help creativity. Just everyone who played, there were probably a lot of people who weren't aware of each other before. And in doing this, a, a lot more people know about each other. And I don't know, I'd like to, hopefully some more shows will happen more frequently, you know. Definitely like a local scene uh, happening ar around here and, and a lot of people seem to know each other and it's good to see that many people working together and, and doing cool stuff and this, this venue is, is great, you know, I'm just, I'm just checking out the website and the yeah. stuff they're doing here looks amazing. It actually means a lot to me because I feel like for the longest time Memphis hasn't been recognized for experimental music or electronic music or anything of that sort. So I feel like it's a good spotlight for all the Memphis musicians and out-of-towners like from Mississippi and Arkansas, I guess, to highlight what we do because it's gone unnoticed for so long. Harsh noise isn't going to be everybody's thing. You know, it's a pretty like niche thing, and so it's cool for these and important for these like niche environments like this mm -hmm. festival to exist. So, but there's not really a festival like there was for Memphis Concrete. We're all saying everybody was saying the same thing. It's like we've never been a part of something like this before. We've never had this get together where we can all do this and showcase, and then listen to so many other people under the electronic umbrella. Um, and support each other. And that was one of the great things is everybody was so excited to hear everybody else's music. Always great to see things like that, like people being exposed to like stuff that they never like would have like thought they would like, end up loving, like, I mean. Everybody wanted to talk to everybody else. Everybody was just, you know, overjoyed by the reception that each person got. Even if you were going from like probably my set was one of the most mellow and then you had, you know, all out dance parties at the end of each night, you know, which was awesome. I think it was fantastic that it ranged uh, like that. But we were all so supportive and excited to talk to each other about this because it, it's an unusual situation. You don't get that support really very many places. So. With Memphis, it's always been just a matter of doing it. You know, I think there's I think anything is possible here. You just have to be willing to like put the work in and make it happen. And I think, you know, Luis is trying to do that. Robert's trying to do that. There's people doing the work.
production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.